0: Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come.
1: Morning, Freedom Church. How are you guys doing today? Me too. Um, hey, listen, I'm really excited about all these really cool things that God's doing. Before we we jump into any of this, I wanna I wanna give a moment of due honor to our pastor Terrell Somerville, our first wife Miss or our first lady, his wife Miss Shanda Somerville. Guys, these folks love us so so. Much You see, the tears that they cry over our well-being, the prayers that they pray over our spiritual growth, the love that they have for us, I've never seen anything like it. Can we honor them and for loving us so well? Amen. Pastor T has been calling and texting and encouraging throughout this whole process. I've been so grateful for it. I am absolutely thrilled to bits to be sharing this message with you today. This is the final uh, message that we're doing in this series. The best is yet to come. Are y'all stoked that the best is yet to come? (laughs) Yes, I am too. It's because of Jesus. Jesus is the reason that the best is yet to come. My boy and his VFF are up here on the front row waving at me like crazy. I love you guys so much. Oh man, it's so cool. So he, the best is yet to come. It's because of Jesus that we get to say this. It's because of Jesus that this is true. It's because of the, Jesus that this is not just bravado or empty enthusiasm. It is because of Jesus that we have real reason to look forward to the way things are yet to be. Not only when we're in the valley is the best still yet to come, but even when we're on the peak of the mountain in what we think is our best yet, that's not the end. That is not the best, the end of what God has to offer for us. Amen? We're going to jump into it. Today, we are going to talk about healthy relationships. Y'all say healthy relationships. Yes, y'all didn't even have to practice that. That was so good. Y'all said it at the same time, this is good. Okay, if I seem a little bit more hyped today than I normally do, so I was I was back in Pastor T's study, right? And I think I found the secret to like how he has all this energy. He has these chocolate-covered espresso beans back in this office place right Y'all, I've been chewing on these things all morning. I can see sounds. It's amazing. Like, I've been eating these things all day morning and I'm feeling really good. So, and this is the second service. So I've even eaten more between the first one and now. So... Buckle up, here we go. So I'm super excited. If you guys notice something, there's something between me and you today. There's something that's standing between me and you today, and it's this. Okay, this is the word of God. I've got it bookmarked, don't let that distract you. This is the word of God. This is the source of truth. I'm a dude, I will accidentally get things wrong. I will accidentally lead you astray. I'm just a guy, there's nothing super special about me. But this, this is the infallible word of God. Every bit of it is God breathed and profitable for teaching, for growth. We're gonna talk about all of this and how it can encourage us to have healthy relationships. But I want it to be between me and you because I need to get out of its way. That's my job this morning, is to not stand in the way of the truth of the Word of God. You see, this is a very different posture than what I'm used to. Normally, you guys see me up here helping to lead worship. And can we hear it for our worship team? We have an exceptional, yeah. praise God, yes. Not to be the spokesperson for the entire worship team, but I can share with you a little bit of our hearts on, on Sunday mornings when we get to lead worship and serve you guys. What we're doing is genuine worship authentic, real worship. There's no show, there's no performance, there's no, ha! we're faking it, no. This is authentically who we are when we worship. The only difference is, is we have a spotlight on us to offer a sense of freedom, of liberty, to the rest of you to join us in worship, right? It's it's a totally unique experience in that all we're doing, we're worshiping. If you notice me, I'm, I'm habitual at this, I'm, I, I do this all the time, I close my eyes when I worship, and that's partly because when I close my eyes, you all disappear. And it makes it easier to kind of just worship freely and not think about some of the goofy sort of bless me if I can faces that I'm seeing coming back at me. Not all of you. Not all of you. Just just, you know, every once in a while. I'm kidding. I love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Hey, buddy. I love you, too, man. Um, I, I, I get to look now and I'll see a faces of people that I love. I get to see my family. Like, and I'm, like, my, my actual, like, direct family, the people that I, the, the person I married, and the children that I'm raising, and the people that raised me, I get to see those. But I also get to see the rest of my family, you guys my church family, because we're home, amen? This is our church family, this is, this is our home. This is where we get to be a community, and this is where we get to encourage. This is so exciting, but again, I digress. ADHD empowered by Java beans, so y'all just bear with me a little bit. So, when, when we take this posture of worship, right, it is, it is, we basically get to display a genuine expression of worship in this relationship that we have with God, right? Preaching is a little bit different. It's, it's not so much like, I'm not displaying, like I'm not saying, hey, all of you now go out and preach. You know, it's, that's, it's not exactly like that. But what I'm doing is more sort of redirecting. I don't want to be the focal point of this morning. I don't want to be the focal point of this message. I want to be a lens through which the truth of God is refracted to and from God and you. That's my goal here, is to take the truth and simply, I'm not a, I'm a delivery boy. Let's look at it that way, right? That's that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take this message and bring it to you. So the posture is a little bit different, but I'm super excited. I'm super grateful. We're gonna jump into this. Today we are talking about healthy relationships. You guys did it before, now you have practice. I expect it to be a lot better. Say healthy relationships. Ooh, that was good. You got, anyway, yeah, that was really good. So we're talking about healthy relationships this morning. Have you guys, so I know y'all are on social media, in some way, shape, or form, or at least most of you are, I know I am. I can't tell you how many times I see on social media, and I get this, when people are talking about healthy relationships, most of the time they're doing it in the context of cutting out toxic people. Have you guys heard about this? You know, just you just need to get rid of that toxic person in your life, and you need to just just clear yourself of toxic people. Who's my tribe, right? We, we see this kind of stuff all over the place. Yeah, you guys have seen this on social media, am I right? Right, it's all over the place. Well here, here we go, you guys ready? What if we're the toxic person? I'm gonna sit here until it's awkward. No, I'm kidding, I'm standing, <laughs> still awkward. Listen, here's, here's what I'm talking about when I say this, y'all bear with me, lots of espresso beans. Keep thinking, we love Jesus and espresso beans, praise God. So here's, here's what I mean when I say this. What Satan convinces us to do is look at a person who bears God's image and likeness, right? Every person, whether their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life or not, is still honored with the image and likeness of God. It's the point of what makes us human. It's what separates us from the angels. Even the angels were not blessed with such an honor. And even the worst, I'm using air quotes intentionally, even the worst amongst us still possess God's image and likeness. And what Satan likes to do is he likes to get us to look at a fellow sinner. Y'all say fellow sinner. Yeah, just like the rest of us. What God wants us to do is look at a fellow sinner and say that sin that you're committing is who you are. That toxic thing that you're doing is what in fact makes you a toxic person. So when we identify someone as their actions, it's no longer what they do, now it's who they are, that makes them our enemy. But our, our battle's not against flesh and blood, is it? Our battle's not against people, fellow image bearers of God, fellow sinners who are desperately loved, by the Savior who are desperately being attempted to reach out by the Savior the Lord loves them longs for them wants to have a relationship with them whether he does or not he wants more even if he has it but we don't see these people like that do we we see these as toxic people so Satan convinces us that these people are toxic and then we isolate we move away and then when we're alone we suddenly have this new trick that we've learned where we take someone's character traits and we identify them by that trait then we look internally we identify our own toxic traits then we identify ourselves to be toxic people and now we're alone and miserable Satan's really good at this he does this to all of us but here's the truth as image bearers of God we are all susceptible to sin. So, if we're going to have healthy relationships, we must start by being healthy people. That's the first step. It's not worrying about what someone else brings to the table. Let's start by worrying what we are bringing to the table. Let's look at our own health. And we do this in three different ways. Exercise, diet, and rest, right? Anybody, anyone who is health conscious will tell you we do this through exercise, diet, and rest. So the first one is exercise, how we rise, how we grow, how we build. The second one is diet, how we replenish, right, how we take those nutrients back into our body that we burn while exercising. And then finally, and least favorite of everybody, is rest, how we restore. So, how we rise, how we replenish, how we restore. I thought it was neat that I made all those words our words, but really, you know, it's diet, exercise, and rest. Let's, it it boils down to those three things. With, if any of those three elements are out of whack, our health Tends to be out of whack. But I don't just want to look at this physically because physical health is only one element of what makes us people. We also have mental, emotional health that we need to be mindful of that we discussed last week and the week before. We have spiritual health that m- tends to the spiritual side of us because, right, we're hybrid creatures. We're not just the dust of the earth, we're also the breath of God that comes into us. And if our mental, emotional health is being sown into faithfully, if our physical health is being sown into faithfully. If our spiritual health is being sown into faithfully, then we are faithfully walking the process of biblical wellness. This is how we step toward being healthy people. And when we're healthy people, then it's much easier to have healthy relationships, to have healthy community. Let me tell you a little funny uh, anecdote, because I love anecdotes um, and I love rabbit trails, so praise God, <laughs> worlds collide. Here we go. When I was a younger youth pastor, like I hate the idea of when people say we have a relationship that suddenly, the connotation is immediately romantic. We're in a relationship. And these, these two young people came to me a little earlier in, in my youth pastoring days. They came to me and they said, so, they go, so Pastor Adam, we need to talk to you because we're in a relationship. And I kind of stopped them right there, I'm like, well duh. Like everyone's in relationship with one another in some way. It's just a good one or a bad one, right? it's not even necessarily romantic right we have a relationship with our children with our family with our friends with our coworkers, with other ministry workers we have a relationship with that person that we might even identify as an acquaintance it's a weak relationship but it's still a relationship you guys get where I'm going with this we need to identify our our relationships as more than you know platonic or romantic or whatever it's our dynamic Our entire dynamic with another human being is a relationship. And if we're talking about the healthy relationships, we must be healthy people. So I want to look at the physical aspect first. We've got three fields of health that we dive into. And the first is physical. So remember, we're talking about exercise, diet, and rest. But these three um, elements of health can be applied to all three fields of health. See, good sermons come in threes. That's what I was taught, and that's what I'm trying to do. Because three times three is nine, quick math. So we're jumping in. Three fields of health. The first field is physical. And I'm gonna ask this question attached to the physical health. Are we able? Our physical health, are we able? Because some of us have physical limitations. But some of us think that our physical limitations are much earlier than they actually are. A lot of people with physical limitations can do much more than they think because they aspire to do as much as they can the goal in this is not to push you into a place of disappointment because you can only do so much the goal of this conversation is to push us to encouragement to do all that we can God's built you to do more than you think let's jump into it physical are we able the first thing is exercise first Corinthians chapter 9 verses 26 through 27 so I run with purpose in every step I'm not just shadow boxing okay I'm Pause right there. Do you guys know what shadow boxing is? It's really cool if you don't know what shadow boxing is. And I'm gonna find any excuse to take a fighting stance in the middle of a message because like I, I love, I'm enthusiastic about mixed martial arts and fighting and all that. Oh, so cool. So so here's shadow boxing. For those of you guys that don't know, it's it's boxing like normal, like you know, you're throwing jabs and crosses, hooks, you're doing whatever you gotta do. Um, you can do like this or like this. I like this better. But you could do whatever you want to do, you know, shadow boxing, but you're not boxing anyone right, you're just throwing punches. And that sounds kind of goofy, like it sounds like you're not really accomplishing much, but if you don't have something to hit, then your muscles don't have a point at which they rest at that impact to draw back. So it takes all of your muscle tension to stop mid-strike mid and draw back. So you just throw in all these hits and it gasses you out really fast, right? It is a lot of exertion that goes into shadow boxing. So it doesn't seem like it accomplishes a whole lot, but you know, there's a lot of exertion. You're blowing a bunch of energy, but you're not actually fighting anyone anything. You're not fending off anyone. So it's kind of useless other than training. It doesn't really accomplish much. And this is what we're, Paul's telling us in the letter to the Corinthians, first one, I'm not just shadow boxing, beginning again at verse 27. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So that's the question, are we able? are we actually finding the limits of what we're physically able to do so that we can serve the kingdom with vigor, with excitement, with strength, with everything that God has built us to do the way we should do? Not all of us were built to do the same thing, amen? Right? Some of us are built a little differently than others. And that's okay. Healthy looks different on everybody. It kills me when we get magazines like Men's Health and Women's Health and everyone is like jacked and tan and cut up and like got a bazillion abs. It drives me crazy. That's not the image of health all the time. These dudes might have blood pressure that's going through the roof. These guys might be taking all kinds of chemicals and messed up stuff. That's likely not health. That's aesthetics. There's a big difference between aesthetics and health. We're talking about healthy. It looks different on everybody. Oh, and healthy isn't airbrushed. Something to keep in mind. Praise God. We talked about exercise. That's easy to put emphasis on. Doesn't mean you go to the gym eight days a week and pound out, by the way, there's only seven, that was a joke. (laughs) Uh, You don't like have to pump out all the weights all day, every day. It means that you find your healthy balance. You find what is best for your body the way God made you. Then we look at diet, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm laughing because I know what I'm about to say. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Y'all, we are in the South. How many of y'all drink some sweet tea to the glory of God? Yes. Amen. I'm from the North. I'm from Illinois, and what happens when you travel north to south is sugar migrates from cornbread to tea. That's what happens. We still have sugar. We still have sugar in food, but right, we put sugar in cornbread, which let's be honest, that's cake, and and what happens is, is it transfers and multiplies. It's pressed down, shaken together, running over, and you make like one or two cups of sugar per gallon of sweet tea. Y'all, like, there is nothing in the world like eating a meal after church and getting a a sweet glass of Grammy's ice cold sweet tea pinky out no i 'm kidding you don't have to that 's weird um, unless you do that and i mean it's still weird, even if you do that, but you know that's a thing, so like you are praising God, you are drinking i've in the south i've discovered some sweet tea that if you run out of pancake syrup you can pour it over over your pancakes if you run out like it just slow draws down It's like that's some really sweet tea and y'all love it and I like I can appreciate it but would you agree that we can be mindful about what we're eating without going full Atkins right we can be mindful about the food that goes into our body without just keto 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 right there's, there's all these fad diets. I'm not a big fan of the fad diets. If it works for you, praise God, I'm not knocking it. Just not for me. The point is, is that we find a balance of what is physically sustainable to, again, make us able as we were created. This is not about looking to the left and right and be like, I want to look like him, or I want to look like her, or I want to look like Batman, which I do, but that's not the goal. That's not what we're going after. The goal is to be healthy in the way that we were created. And then finally, exercise, diet, rest. There's lots of books about exercising. You've got magazines, men's health, about lifting weights and being strong. Lots of books about diet. You've got cookbooks and all kinds of resources. Not a lot of books on rest. But it's one of those important factors, especially for your body, because you have a finite reservation of energy. You have an amount of sleep that your body requires to restore, to grow, to be what God has made it to be. Hebrews chapter 4, beginning at verse 10 For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. Say, God's image. God's image. Right, you got it. Literally, no, you got it, you have God's image. You were literally created in God's image and likeness. And if God chose to rest on the seventh day, I think Sabbath is good. Like, we need to rest at night. We need those eight to 10 hours of sleep. Yes, I said eight to 10 hours. Four is not acceptable. Uh, We can try to function on four. We can do our best. Here's here's the thing, like, I take melatonin and magnesium at nights to help me sleep because I have ADHD and it doesn't take beans covered in chocolate, made of coffee, to get me going like this. Like, I wake up, and after I knock some Sleepy out of my eyes, it's, I it's, have one, I've one gear, and it's go. All day. The only person who's better at this than me is my wife. Because she goes to a level that I could never sustain, and just does so much for our family, and it's incredible. I can't, I can't top that, she's amazing. But I, I try sometimes. But I lo- also love rest. Rest is important. And it's not something we like to talk about. It's not something we like to really focus on and feature because it's boring, right? It's not progress. But it is. You see, when we allow ourselves to be sustained, when we allow ourselves to rest, when we allow ourselves to shut down at the end of the day so that we can pour the best of ourselves into our families when we physically allow ourselves to sleep throughout the night and our bodies be replenished so we can serve to our best capacity the following day, and we're not just the walking dead, when we give ourselves a complete day of rest, guys, I said day, not days, right? Not half the week off, not like, when we take a day of rest to focus and grow and build, and not worry about what we produce but instead allow God to produce in us. That's health. Now that's physical health. I don't mean to beat a dead horse and I'm certainly not preaching at you. I'm preaching to the choir here. I could do better in all three of these categories. I pray that we all do better in all three of these categories. But, as we grow, this is a lifelong journey. We don't just get there and we're like, I'm done. I win, what's next, right? You've got this body till you don't, you know? So we need to take as good a care as we possibly can. Head transplants are not real big these days, okay? So we need to take care of the body we got for as long as we possibly can. And I'm not saying this is my advice because I'm not like Mr. Fit Guru, I'm not that guy, but what I'm telling you is God cares. Who cares what I think? God cares, right? we're getting his word we're digging into this we've talked about our physical health I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to look at these aspects through mental health because It's so easy for us to be like, okay, diet, exercise, rest, because that's tangible. We have the body, we have a mirror, we can see our reflection, we can see whether we're growing, what's happening or not. There's something that's beneath the surface though that's a little bit more difficult to understand our condition of, and that's our mental or emotional well-being. So we talked about our physical health, are we able? Now let's talk about our mental, emotional health, are we willing? Same three elements, exercise, diet, and rest. What does mental exercise look like? Well, Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at verse 28, 28 to 29, says this, Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. Verse 29, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Satan will try to convince us that we are weak of mind, that we are powerless to overcome situations and the mind is largely the battleground for that for us. All of these influencers, all the if you guys turned on the news lately, yeah, you want to get bummed out with a quickness, that's the way to do it. A lot of junk happening, a lot of life happening. As Christians, I don't think we have a right to be surprised because like sin started a long time ago, and when we look at the condition of the earth having been affected by sin, and we clutch our pearls and go, oh my goodness, it's going to hell in a handbasket. That's not necessarily different than it's been for thousands of years. We are still God's called people existing in a fallen world, reaching out to them with the truth of Christ who desperately needs to receive it. That is our mission now, that was our mission the day after Christ ascended to heaven and gave us the great commission to go forward and create disciples. Have any of you guys been hunted for your faith today? Have any of you guys feared for imprisonment or death because of your love for Jesus? Nope. And yet, first century believers, that was a daily life for them. Many people in other parts of the world, that is a daily life for them. And what are we doing with it? How are we treating our faith walk with God that can be so publicly viewed and presented? And what are we doing with this opportunity? Complaining about what's on the news? That's not fruitful. That doesn't help us. That doesn't help the kingdom. That certainly doesn't help the battleground that is our mind. Satan would have us convinced that we are isolated in our issues, that we are struggling with something that we can't possibly conquer, when in truth it's already been conquered. The victory is already ours. It's promised in these words. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. We are weak and we are powerless, but he's flipped the script on that and he's changed it all for us. That's God. That's our mental, emotional exercise. When we dig into God's word and we discover the truth and we allow that truth to marinate in our minds instead of all the garbage, all the noise, all the distractions that would pull our hearts and minds away, amen? Diet, what we're taking in, how do we replenish? What comes into our system, into our mind? Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Don't worry about anything. (laughs) Easier said than done, right? Don't worry about anything. Instead, oh, but wait, there's more. Not just don't worry, but we're also given an alternative. Like, fellas, have you ever, don't raise your hand, because I don't, I don't want to start anything here, but have you ever asked your wife lovingly to calm down? Just think back to that moment, if the trauma isn't too strong, to how that worked out for you. Now imagine saying that to yourself, dude, just calm down, right? Whatever your internal dialogue is, I call myself bro, I'm sure that's weird, don't judge me. But like whatever you call yourself, your internal dialogue, right? Get to that place where you tell yourself to just calm down. Or when your buddies would be like, dude, chill. It's going to be all right. All right. Everything's good. Okay. You know, like that doesn't always work. I might ask you to chill out or to calm down. That doesn't change a doggone thing. That doesn't make things easier. And that's like Paul knows this in this letter, or that's, uh, or Isaiah knows this in this letter. That's not Philippians. This is Paul. Good Lord, help me. Okay. In this letter, it's understood. And we're we're not just told, to calm down, we're not just told not to worry, we're told what to do as an alternative. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Just, not just don't do this thing, but here's the thing that you can do. Here's the fruit outside of the rotten fruit. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. We say there's nothing too big for God, but we never stop to consider that there's nothing too small for him either. God cares about your hangnail. Seriously, seems dumb. God cares about that bunion. I can keep going, but it gets gross. Yeah, God cares about the things that you don't think that he cares about. I don't wanna trouble God with this thing. Why wouldn't you? What loving father, what loving, compassionate parent wouldn't want their kid to bring every tiny problem to them so they can love them well? That's our Heavenly Father. He loves us well and He wants the opportunity to do that. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done when you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is what we take in. This is how we replenish. This is what God does, right? Last moment, uh, last element of our mental emotional health are we willing to rest Psalm chapter 62 verse 1 I wait quietly before God for my victory comes from him I wait quietly before God. When we get alone with God, I feel like we turn into chatter boxes, right? Talk, 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 talk. God, I would really love this. God, I really want this. God, I really like this. God, this is really cool. God, make me this. God, stop this. God, heal this. God, fix this. God, do, like, he cares about all of those things. Like, I just, I'm not, I'm not trying to go against myself. There's nothing too big, nothing too small. But what if we intentionally took time to just get with God and let him talk? Do you guys ever have that moment where you're in a conversation and there's that awkward silence, right? I heard, like, some corny person say, like, an angel has passed by. No. No one just knows what to say. Right? Like, let's, that, that's what happens in that moment. Like, no one can think of something immediately to say that sounds like a really great idea, and that's okay. That awkward silence moment, we don't need to be afraid of silence. We don't need to be afraid of having nothing to say. It's not up to us to carry on a one-way conversation with a loving father that wants to talk to us. What if we say, God, I invite you to be in this moment with me. I love you. That's it. And then we just be with him. We just wait. Another scripture says, strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. There's power In patience and rest with God, we don't have to be go 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 to be getting where God wants us to be. Like we think Jesus take the wheel, well, sometimes He's got the gas too. Sometimes we're in the passenger seat. We just need to be there. Praise God. Finally, spiritual health. So with physical health, are we able? With mental emotional health, are we willing? Now with spiritual health, are we holy? We don't like that word in church. Are we holy as he is holy? This is a calling for us. And this has been used and abused throughout the ages. But we need to have a true understanding of what holiness is. Here's what holiness is. Right here. This book, the first thing that we look at, if we're looking at exercise, diet, and rest, exercise is here. This, the infallible word of God, God God-breathed profitable for all teaching. This is where our spiritual exercise begins and ends. I will not give you the infallible truth all the time because I'm a human. Man, I'm going to try. I'm telling you guys, I'm bringing my best, but my best doesn't come close to this. This is the truth this is God's word we have to cling to this like we cling to nothing else it's the core of our exercise it's the core of our truth it's the core of our strength it was the very beginning of Christ's pilgrimage right before he did anything before he did all of his amazing miracles right his childhood examples notwithstanding the very beginning of his pilgrimage when he was 40 days in the desert and fasting following his baptism from john the baptizer When Satan tempted him, he tempted him three times, all three times, Christ responded with the Bible that he had committed to memory, and Satan could not handle it. If we wonder, God, why are you allowing Satan to bother me? Men, if you're asking God, why are you allowing Satan to bother my family? Do you have God's word? Are the words of this book inside of your heart to defend your families? It is life and death. It is literally spiritual health. Satan will attack your family. He will go for the weakest spot you can expose. He will send all of hell's ferocity after you and your loved ones. And this is the double-edged sword that pierces his heart every single time. Men and women alike If we are not taking this word into our hearts, we are failing to step up to the plate of using what God has given us to defeat the enemy that we're griping about. I say this because I love you. I say this because I've been stung far too many times by the enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything and everyone that is most precious to me. And the same is true for you guys. As a community, our spiritual health starts and ends with this book. Study it, memorize it, love it, for it will be the weapon with which you defeat the enemy. Diet, spiritual diet. First John chapter four, verses one and two. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the spirit. This is important, perk up your ears. You must test them to see if the spirit to see if the spirit that they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. Not everyone who claims God is from God, amen? People will want to lead you astray. People will want to manipulate the church. People will want to take advantage of all the things Christ told us to do in an ungodly way. And we require, okay, this is this is a word not a lot of people like, but we all need it. And I want you to say it with me. Discernment. Right. It's very important. Especially leaders of homes, men, women, all of you. It is important for us to utilize, make use of, have discernment for the sake of our families. And then finally, rest, Psalm chapter 23, right, the 23rd Psalm. If we grew up in church, odds are we either sang or spoke these lyrics often. The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Spiritually, we do require rest. But, much like our mental emotional rest, that doesn't mean doing nothing. That means we seek God's presence. We have that moment of calm with Him. There's a reason that Christ got up early in the morning to separate Himself from the rest of the people to find time with His heavenly Father because it was necessary for Him to then go out and do what He was called to do. Guys, every single person in this room has a calling. Did you know that? Every single person. Last last Sunday night, We spoke to our youth about their calling. I'm trying to remember, there's this old song that I I grew up listening. It's called, The Call. And the lyrics of, Remind me, Lord, you called me. Sometimes I may get weary, but if one soul is saved, it's worth it all. And when I see those teardrops falling, Lord, remind me of my calling. And may I never run from the call. We each have a call on our lives that God has placed us that no one but you can fulfill. No one but you. And if we're not in God's Word, if we're not investing in our spiritual health, we're gonna miss that opportunity. There's someone that only you can reach. There's someone that only you have access to. And when God and his spiritual health that he wants us to possess works through us just wait and see what he does. All of this comes down our physical health, our mental emotional health, our spiritual health all of those are tools that the Lord will use giving us biblical wellness to create healthy relationships. Biblical wellness leads to healthy relationships. And here's what it all comes down to, and I'll close out with this, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 1 through 3. If I could speak in all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but I didn't love others I would be nothing if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body just like Jesus did I could boast but if I didn't love others I would have gained nothing it goes on to say that love is patient And love is kind. We read this at weddings, but it closes with this. That now these three remain faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I say this to my boys all the time. Because God's emphasis on love is self-identifying. He calls himself love. Paul tells us God is love. And if our relationships don't begin, end, and are sustained by love, they're not healthy. We can analyze it. We can break it down into three easy parts of three easy parts. And you can bake it at 350 for 15 minutes and call me in the morning, right? We can formulate the hoo-ha out of this thing. But if we don't have love, then our relationships aren't gonna be what they need to be. Our physical health isn't gonna be what it needs to be. Our mental, emotional health isn't gonna be what it needs to be. And our spiritual health will most certainly not be what it needs to be without love. But of course, if we don't have that love from Christ in the first place, none of the rest of this matters. When I was a very young man, I made the decision to ask Christ into my heart. And I have not always been faithful, but he has. I have not always been steady, but he has. I've dropped the ball and failed more times than I can possibly remember, but he never once left me. He let me walk with him through all of my filth and he found me at my filthiest and chose to pick me up out of a dark and desperate place. We don't have to get good for Jesus. We don't have to clean ourselves for the kingdom. We don't have to be worthy of the sacrifice that gave us value. We just have to receive him. He loves you right where you are. He doesn't care where you've been. He doesn't care what you've done. He doesn't care what you're doing. He doesn't care who you love. He doesn't care how you feel. He just wants you. So my encouragement to you this morning, and we're gonna close out with this word of prayer. My encouragement to you this morning is that you not leave this place without knowing this fantastic love, without knowing this gift that absolutely conquers everything else this world has to offer. The good and the bad. So pray this prayer with me. This will be our closing for this morning. I love you so much and I'm so thankful for this opportunity to be able to share God's love with you. I encourage you to please share it with others. Father, we thank you We thank you for loving us. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to be a community, to be a body of the one who died for us. We don't deserve it. You don't need us. But at great personal cost, you chose to come down to us, bridge the gap of sin that we couldn't cross for our hearts. So, Father, this morning, help us to repent. God, I'm so sorry. Help us to give all of our burdens and all of our cares and all of our doubts and all of our fears and all of our shame for the things that we have done that would bring distance between us. Let us give those to you. Let us give those to Jesus where the distance is crossed and the love is real. And help our names to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life this morning as we accept Jesus for who he is, for who he said he is, the sacrifice, the Son of God, the silence. Lamb, Lord, we love you and we thank you for that sacrifice, God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love. Fill us with more than we could possibly ever offer to someone else. And then let us offer it to someone else. We trust you and we thank you. Help us to be this community of believers. Help us to lovingly, earnestly reach out to a lost and dying world that desperately needs you. And may we have the joy of your Holy Spirit provided by his peace that passes all understanding. We love you. We thank you. All these things we pray with much joy. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Good morning, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed today's service. I just wanted to kind of wrap up and give you guys some next steps. If you have given your life to Christ today, that's awesome. And we want to know about it. Um, If you are watching online or on the app, we have a little hamburger icon you can click on and it'll take you to the connection card and you can just mark that for us. And if you're on Facebook, if you go to the description, you can find a link and it'll take you to the connection card. While you're there, you might see some other next steps. If you're interested in any of those next steps, just mark that too. And um, we'll get that, and we'd be more than happy to work with you about your walk with Christ and what um, is going to happen after today. We are going to move into a time of giving. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that you can't outgive God. If you are on the app or the website, you can just go to that same um, icon and click the link to give. And if you're on Facebook, you can go to the link in the description. Um, And if you would like to send in your tithe, you can do that. We'll have the address to the church right here on the screen, and we'll get that safe and secure. We hope you guys have a great day, and peace out. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.